pilgrims. It's time for your favorite world-traveling, Bible-toting, soul-winning, Satan-hating, tried, tested, and triumphant host, Pastor A.J. Harold. Just a quick reminder to not be weary in well-doing, for as peculiar pilgrims, we're just watching, waiting, and working. Buckle up, and let's ride. Hello, my dear friends. I wanted to use today's episode to address the category of friends. I mentioned last week in our first opening episode that I would speak to the title or the subject matter of friends. And so I had a dear friend by the name of Pastor Barry Quinn. I mentioned him again last week, and my wife and I were very much mentorees of his, and we learned a lot from him, so much so that we named our youngest child, who is now three years old, by the name of Alden LeQuinn. The name Alden means old friend, wise protector. Pastor Quinn was our Alden. He was our old friend and our wise protector. My wife and I and even my children, we miss him dearly. One of his favorite verses was our main text and our main point of emphasis today, Proverbs 27, 17. The Word of God says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I want to bring up three ideas that I get out of the verse, Proverbs 27, 17. So, number one, when you think about iron sharpening iron, you think about the compound or iron itself. Iron, by definition, is a strong, hard, magnetic, silvery gray metal. The chemical element of atomic number 26, much used as a material for construction and manufacturing, especially in the form of steel. And so when you think about the compound, you think about iron, I want you to think about iron with relation to yourself. Think about yourself as iron, a strong, hard metal. There are people all around us. Some people are stronger than we are, and there's some people that are weaker than we are. In order for your iron to be sharpened by another piece of iron, both pieces must be strong and hard enough to bring the benefit of the progress and process for one another. Let me give you an example of how Pastor Quinn helped me and my wife from time to time. I go back in my mind's eye and I think about Pastor Quinn's office. Now, Pastor Quinn was old school. His office was a good picture of, well, him. (laughs) When I walk into his office right away, in my mind's eye, I see this ugly, old, orange couch. I mean, I I can't even describe it. I wish I could show you a picture. It was so ugly. Um, But we sat on that couch together in his office. Of course, he had books and a desk and a computer, things like that, a coffee table. But we would sit there, I mean, a collective amount of hours. We sat there and he would just sharpen me. He was a very hard man, a very shapened man, a man of great ideals, a man of great character, 
And I would sit there on his couch from time to time, and I would go in rather, well, weak. (laughs) I would go in, and I would talk to him, and I would share my heart with him. Uh, Sometimes I would laugh. Sometimes I would cry. Sometimes I didn't know what to say. But no matter what, he had the same kind of stoic, hard look. He was a retired military man, and it showed up when we would do our counseling session. Uh, He would talk to me after letting me just kind of, I call it throwing up. I would just throw up on him. I would express everything that I felt, everything that I was thinking, whatever the topic was, and I would just let it all out. And when I was done, boy, he would let me have it. He was a very strong and hard metal. He was the iron that I needed. He was made up of some tough stuff. And so when I think about iron, I think about him and how he was able to allow me to hit him with my best shot. I would just unload on him. And as a result of that, he was tough enough to take it. He was that iron that was able to take my hits and not be moved. Well, when I think about iron and I think about this verse, not only do I think about the iron itself, but I think about the comparison in this verse. Again, it says iron sharpeneth iron. But the word sharpeneth, we would say sharpens or the word sharpen has an opposite. There's something you can compare it to. When I walked into his office, I was very dull. The word dull means off or sluggish, or not delightful. I'd walk into his office and I was off. (laughs) I was very much sluggish. I was very much not delightful in that moment. I was dull. Well, the word of God says, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I would go into that office. I would sit on that ugly orange couch And I was very dull. And as I would unleash everything that was inside of me, he would sit there and he would listen. But because he was a very, very hard, strong metal, after me unleashing everything that I had on him in a dull way, he would sharpen me. The word sharpen means to make sharp to give a keen edge or a fine point to a thing. It means to edge, to point, as to sharpen a knife. An ox would also need an ox goad. And to sharpen that ox goad, they would take different things to sharpen it, to not have a dull goad, but to have a sharp gold. And so Pastor Quinn, for me, was one who was a very, very strong and hard metal But he was one that allowed me to walk into his office very dull and walk out very sharp. I mean, he would really give me exactly what I needed. The third thing that I think of with regards to iron sharpening iron and a man sharpening the countenance of his friend is not just the compound, the iron, the comparison of dull and sharp, but also the countenance. Again, the word of God says, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. The word countenance literally means the contents of a body. 
the outline and extent which constitutes the whole figure or external appearance. It also means visage, excuse me. It also references the human face or the whole form of the face. And so when I walked into that office, and I did many, many times, he would allow me walking in there very much, yes, iron, but dull. And he would allow me to unload on him everything that I was going through at the time. And then he had a way being a very, very sharp and strong metal, he had a way of taking my dullness, sharpening me up, and literally changing my visage, my contents of my body, my countenance. And so I made some observations about this process of iron sharpening iron that I want to share with you. Again, when I think of friends, I think of men like Pastor Quinn. I think of men who sharpened me through the years. So here's some observations that I have for you to consider. The first observation is this. They both have to be iron. The word of God says iron sharpeneth iron. So if this sharpening process is going to work, you cannot be iron and wood or iron and really anything else. You both have to be iron. Let me speak to your soul. If you were to die today, do you know for sure that heaven is your eternal home? You see, it's impossible for your pastor or a spiritual man or woman in your life to sharpen you if you yourself are not iron. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, you see, salvation is where it starts. In order for iron to be effective to another individual or another person and for a friend to be effective, both of them have to be saved. They have to be iron. The Bible says in Amos 3, 3, can two walk together except they be agreed? Both of you must be a strong and hard metal. When I walked into Pastor Quinn's office, it wasn't because I wasn't iron. At the time, I was just dull. I needed sharpening. And so you have to understand first, as I made these observations about iron sharpening iron, you both have to be iron. On Sundays at our church, we've been looking at the book of Esther verse by verse. We finished chapter five last week and we emphasize Haman's horrible decision to build gallows to hang Mordecai. That decision was encouraged, listen to this, that decision was encouraged by Haman's wife and his friends. You know, right before that decision was made, the Bible says that Haman restrained himself from attacking Mordecai. But when Haman got home, he called his wife, he called his friends, he shared with him his burden about this guy, this Jew, Mordecai. And Haman's wife and Haman's friends encouraged him to build gallows and to go before the king and to murder, to hang Mordecai. Haman had that choice, but he restrained himself. And now because of his friends, because of his wife, 
he came to a conclusion that quite possibly he would have never come to on his own. You have to understand Haman was influenced by his friend. He was influenced by his wife. And so I want to encourage you to find a Pastor Quinn, if you will. Find a strong, hard metal that when you are dull, you can go to for good, sound, biblical advice. Can two walk together except they be agreed? So not only are they both needing to be iron, but secondly, they both have to realize that they will get dull with normal use. I mean, let's be honest. At times, you have needs. I have needs. You may be doing really well today. Well, tuck this lesson away. Or you may be sitting there very much in need. What you need, you may not understand. Obviously, above all, you need the Lord. But if you already are saved, God has given us friends, not just good friends, godly friends. You might say, well, I don't have friends. Well, let me remind you, the word of God says he that hath friends must first show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And so I want to encourage you this way by this observation. They both, both pieces of iron have to realize that they will get dull with normal use. So be honest. You have needs. I have needs. Galatians 6, 1 verse, uh, excuse me, Galatians 6 verses 1 and 2 say this. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, that iron, that spiritual, restore such an one. Restore the iron that isn't as spiritual right now, that is dull, that is not sharpened. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, oh, I love this part, and so fulfill the law of Christ. They both have to realize, both pieces of iron have to realize that they will get dull with normal use. It's normal, be honest. There's going to be times where you need to be restored. You're going to need that ugly orange couch. So, number three, we already said they both have to be iron. They both have to realize that they will get dull with normal use. But thirdly, and I have five of these, by the way. Thirdly, they need to both be close. Now, we've learned a lot about these words. In person. In person. How about this? Video chat. I love my mom and dad. My mom and dad are a couple thousand miles away from me. I'd rather see them in person than through a video chat. Now, I'm all for video chats, but it's so much better to sit with them. I, I can't imagine video chatting my way out of some of my dullness with Pastor Quinn. I needed to sit with him. Our third observation is they, the iron, both pieces, the friends, need to be close. I sat in a very close proximity with Pastor Quinn. I sat on his couch. I wept, or I would say with him, but he didn't weep with me. I wept and he listened. And then he offered me great biblical advice, being the strong, hard metal that he was. And he sharpened me. 
Let me give you a biblical example. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 says this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one, if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone. Did you hear that? But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? If one prevail against him, two, notice that, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So understand, two are better than one, but they need to be both close together. They need to be, if iron is going to sharpen iron, both need to be close. I remember when I was a child, and I may reference this from time to time down the road when we talk about friends, but when I think about closeness, I went on a, I was in sixth grade, getting ready to go to seventh grade and went on a church activity just for a day hike in the mountains. I believe it was Big Bear somewhere in that area in California with my sixth grade class and and two teachers. And on that regular six to eight hour hike, (laughs) it turns out that we got lost. We ended up sleeping in the mountains, oh man, you're talking sixth graders going into seventh grade. We were a little bit scared, hearing all kind of noises and animals I didn't want to see face to face. That night when we went to sleep, our teachers had one emergency blanket. We got as close as we could. I remember a friend of mine, his name was Richie. He, I mean, he snugged up as close to me and the other guys, we got as close as we could. And we, we just wanted to share body heat. It was so cold. It was colder than freezing. I don't believe it was less than 25, but it was colder than 32. And we were so cold and we got as close as we could. We got under that one emergency blanket. Of course, we made it through the night. That's why I'm doing this podcast right now. But the idea of having closeness with one another that produced more heat. If we're going to be that iron that sharpens iron, we have to understand that both pieces, both friends need to be close. In person is far better. I'm good with a video chat and I'm good with things like this podcast, but oh man, sitting on an orange couch with Pastor Quinn changed my life. How about the fourth observation? They both get helped by the process. They both get helped by the process. So although I went into Pastor Quinn's office rather dull, him sharpening me also allowed him to be sharpened. My mom was sick throughout junior high and high school, and she still is now. And there were times where my pastor would go visit her in the hospital to be a blessing to her. And he and many other people said, I went to be a blessing to your mom, but I walked out blessed. Say, what were they saying? What they were saying was, even though I went to sharpen your mother, I was also sharpened in the process. They both get helped by the process. It's like sparring with a loved one, helping them. 
that sword hitting each other, it's sharpening, that iron hitting, it's sharpening one another. The Bible says in Romans 12, 15, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. There is a benefit to the weaker brother, but there's also a benefit to the spiritual brother who is trying to restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. So both get helped by the process. Before I give you the last one, let me remind you, they both have to be iron. They both have to realize that they will get dull with normal use. They both need to be close to one another in person. They both get helped by the process. And then lastly, they both are able to be used to their fullest ability. There's nothing worse than a dull knife. I don't know how many years now I've gone through listening to my wife say, oh, these knives are horrible. She'll try to cut the turkey or cut this thing or that. And it's, oh, I hate these knives. And, and part of the reason we have bad knives is because we have a lot of children and we just don't want them to hurt themselves. But you know how it is when you're cutting a piece of meat or something with a dull knife. How miserable is that? And so I want to remind you that we as believers don't want to walk around here dull and defeated. My pastor used to say a lot of believers are walking around defeated with their head hanging low. And when your head is hanging low, what are you looking at? Defeat. <laughs> and so there's times where we walk around defeated because we're looking at defeat. Get your head up. Psalm 3 is one of my favorite psalms, but it says this in the midst of it, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. What a friend we have in Jesus. I want to encourage you this way. I'm going to give you our email address, but I'm asking you this question now. What observations do you see with regards to iron sharpening iron? Why don't you shoot me an email and let me know. Thank you for listening. And I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. We would not exist if it were not for pilgrims just like you. If you'd like to donate to help us with the cost of these productions, please feel free to use Cash App at Peculiar Pilgrims, and you won't regret it. Also, you can email us anytime with your compliments, complaints, critiques, and even criticism at PeculiarPilgrimsPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, fellow pilgrims, never let up.